Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, April 27th. It is seven minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and the theme for today's show is gross. Gross politicians, gross educators, and a gross son of the president. Should we start with the educators? Okay. Several Brownsburg Elementary School staff members, they're facing charges after police say they mistreated and failed to report the mistreatment of a seven-year-old boy in the special education program. The alleged incident happened back in February with a student in the life skills program at Brown Elementary. Okay, so let's start with, we essentially broke this story two weeks ago. We told you the school corporation has scheduled an emergency meeting. Uh, You don't schedule those on a Thursday for a Monday to address performance of staff without that being very serious. We were, were called all the names that were always called when we dare criticize public education in any shape, form, or fashion, the you know alarmist, fearmonger, whatever. We were proven right because later that day, we were told about how the teachers had been fired. I then told you from a source very high up in the Brownsburg school system, who we have many of those across the state of people who know what the public education system is. They know who's leading our public education system and they cannot speak out for fear of losing their jobs. The same thing we have over at the state house, which is how we get these things right. That the, the special needs child in question was forced to eat his own vomit. And I told the person at the time, I said, there's no way that can be true. It is true. And so we reported that And it ultimately, unfortunately, let's be very clear with that, unfortunately proved to be correct. And if indeed this all plays out, now everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, but if indeed what is detailed in this police report from the Brownsburg Police Department, by the way, also Casey, I know you were out yesterday, we came on this program yesterday and talked about the just ridiculous response a citizen got from the Brownsburg police attorney in regards to a public records request trying to figure out what the hell was going on with this because there was complete radio silence and within two hours they had announced the charges. Now, that's a heck of a coincidence, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah. So what you have here allegedly, if indeed proven true, is one of the grossest, most disgusting, most I'm embarrassed to say I'm from Brownsburg. I'm embarrassed to say that this happened apparently, allegedly, according to the police report, in February, and it took until April the 12th for the superintendent and the school board to take action on this. We're always told how in our community where we live, Brownsburg, whoa, our schools are number one. We're the best. You've got a superintendent, Casey, who rules that place with an iron fist, making six figures, and the start of his salary begins with a two. That's how much money he makes, plus all those benefits. And we're told how great this guy is, and he's the all-knowing, all-telling, all-soothsaying, grandmaster of everything education, Jim Snap, the superintendent. And yet we are led to believe that an event that, according to the Brownsburg Police Department, 
happened in February, and he supposedly didn't know about it until April the 12th. What the hell is going on over there? Yeah, let's talk about what the Brownsburg police captain, Jennifer Barrett, said. She said anybody who watches this video is going to go through a pendulum of emotions. You first see it, and you're in disbelief and shock, and then you move to anger and outrage, and then you go back to disbelief and shock. Because what was seen in the video is a teacher allegedly told this boy with special needs that if he vomited, he would be required to eat what he threw up. And then another teacher put a tray in front of the boy to throw up on. And then after the boy threw up, another teacher, an instructional aide, gave the boy a spoon with which to eat his own vomit. And then two other teachers stood side by side of the boy and watched him do it and said nothing. But it comes back to the question, Casey, of apparently there are just absolutely no safeguards in the Brownsburg Community School System. For all the DEI officers, the diversity, equity, inclusion, what about this kid? You can't even protect the most vulnerable because you guys, the superintendent and the school board, are more focused on this woke, stupid bullcrap when you actually have an opportunity for someone who needs equity and inclusion and look at how he's allegedly being treated. Yeah. And I will come back to again. How does a superintendent who rules that school corporation with an iron fist knows everything that's going on there, making six figures and his salary starts with a two. How does he supposedly not know for two months if indeed this did happen, which obviously they think it's serious enough they fired two of them and there's multiple criminal charges here. Now again, everyone's presumed innocent until proven guilty. But how did he supposedly not know for multiple months this was going on? What the hell is this guy doing to earn his salary every single day? What's going on in his school? If he doesn't know about this, in which multiple people are involved in this alleged incident, what is he doing all day? But it's a pattern, Casey, from that school system. We're going to get into this later in the show because when we when we come back, we got to we're going to have Jim Merritt in to talk about the just disgusting thing our lawmakers did late last night in regards to lining the the pockets of their buddies at your expense. But we're going to get into this later about the track record of anti-transparent, deceptive, manipulative behavior from this school corporation and this same pattern of behavior. Now, not this same stuff, but this same pattern of behavior is happening all over this state. Yeah, they failed our children and they failed all of us. You know who else is failing all of us? Our politicians. But you know who they're who's gaining? themselves and we'll get into that with Jim Merritt coming up next on 93 WIBC The bank of man grows fast The working man grows thin It's all happened before 93 WIBC it is the Kendall and Casey show I'm Rob Casey's here and well it's the last day of the Indiana General Assembly Probably. And here to wrap up, boy, there were some last-minute shenanigans for sure. Government got rich. You got poor. He spent 30 years in the Indiana General Assembly. Former Senator Jim Merritt, how are you? Good morning. Good morning, Uh, Robert. Well, it ain't a good morning for the taxpayers. Why don't we start with that? I'm going to read you a headline. 
uh, from the Indiana Capital Chronicle, who did some great reporting, reading the state budget last night. <clears throat> and I'm going to read you this headline, Jim. And when you factor in what is going on in our state involving the property tax crisis, they're about to raise the gas tax again. They're axing the automatic taxpayer refund. We have some really maniacal, evil people running this state. Are you ready? I'm ready. From the Indiana <laughs> Capital Chronicle, <laughs> Governor... Other top elected officials see pay raise in budget. Mm. Astounding, Robert <laughs> Casey. Mm-hmm. Astounding. In in this day of uh, the demand for transparency uh, from the public, and and everybody uh, in the state of Indiana want to know exactly what's going on because social media, because uh, everything is out in front. And I. I these are issues that really take the trust away from government officials. All right. Are you ready for some numbers, Jim Merritt? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> Under the budget, which will uh, – d- now, this is on top of – now, remember, we already know the lawmakers gave themselves the million and a half dollars in raises. We already know yes, that. Yes, and the public knows that. Right. They know – completely they, different situation. I mean, these guys are a-holes, but at least they were transparent about being an a-hole with that one. This passed <laughs> – by the way, how does this happen at the last – you're going to puke. You're going to throw up. You're going to just roll on the ground in a in a fetal position when I tell you these numbers. How does this happen at the last minute? Well, there are about four or five, six people. Uh, you've got 150 members of the Indiana General Assembly. But at the end, not everybody can be in on the committee. So you got four to six people who are, who are in a room, Republicans negotiating Republicans. And you also have these uh, pet projects that Democrats want. And so they're trying to divide up the pie. They're trying to figure out what's actually going to happen in the next two years. They, luckily, Casey, these pay increases for the for the uh, statewide won't take place until, like for instance, the new governor in twenty twenty five. That is lucky. That is lucky. Yeah, boy, it I feel lucky now. It, it doesn't give the it doesn't permit the idea that uh, late day. Uh, why didn't we hear about this in January? Yeah, I, I think it's important that everybody know in in that listening to us, and hopefully there'll be more that. We're number one, Jim. You may have heard we're number one. Well, the confidence in in the legislature uh, took a big dip because of something like this. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready for the numbers? Let's give it. This was with no notice, no testimony that we're aware of, no uh, seeking public input that we're aware of, no, hey, here's what we're looking at doing that we're aware of. Are you both ready? (laughs) Yep. Under the new budget, beginning January 21. 20 January 1 2025 the governor's salary will go from $133,683 to yeah $198,513 but then Woo. again it's in 2025 uh, oh, you are in, not going to, on this show, Jim, trying to defend that, this bullcrap. Uh, that in, that individual, if it was in the private sector, probably would be making $250,000. The, the governor has a lot of responsibility, and as well as the fact that the the populace, the citizens of Indiana, will have that information so that whoever they pick in 2024 will be earning that amount of money. Yeah, so, but, Jim, but, but, Jim, but Jim, it doesn't Jim. it doesn't excuse the fact that it's a late addition to a very big government that nobody knows about. Eric, so you got three people running for governor right now, and none of them.
them need that money, right? Mike Braun spends millions of dollars on his campaign. Eric Doden is a very, very wealthy individual. He's going to waste a whole bunch of money running for governor. May not be his own money, but he's he's got as much chance of winning as I do. <laughs> and then you got Suzanne Crouch, who she ain't hanging out at a soup kitchen anytime anytime soon. <laughs> who they don't need this money. That's our money. Well, you can't put the personality there. Maybe somebody uh, in the Republican ranks sees this and thinks, huh, uh, maybe I'll run for governor and I won't be on food stamps. The governor's <laughs> salary will increase by 48%. Right. And, and other offices, 60%. Oh, yeah. No, we're going to go through all this. We want everybody to know uh, exactly what, uh, how much these people are. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, under the new uh, proposed budget, the lieutenant governor currently making $108,819 will now make... $174,691. This is what happens when you ignore uh, the pay of statewide candidates and, and well, statewide uh, office holders, excuse me. And and it just gets to be um, it, it, the amount of money or the lack of amount of money that they earn uh, gets to be way out of range with other states. And, and, and this is what happens when you put this off for so long. Are you ready, Jim? There's more. We are not done yet. We are rolling through all of these salaries mm-hmm. here on this award-winning program. The Attorney General, your good friend, Todd Rokita, if he doesn't win your <laughs> Pizza's free. A uh, guy who is the attorney general, despite, to my knowledge, having never actually tried a, a but case But he's got another court. job, doesn't he? Uh, well, no? uh, I think they let him keep that secret in the budget, too, is with my understanding. Uh, are, are you ready? Yes. All right. Uh, Currently $113,653. According to the Capital Chronicle, that will rise to... $164,765, an 83% pay increase. We need to go to oh, no, the people to state government. That's 83% of the justice salary, but it's still a $51,000 pay increase. Uh, how do these people do this with a straight face? These are these are just sociopathic, maniacal, awful people running our state. <laughs> Well, the bottom line is is uh, this late edition uh, should have seen the light of day. It, there's no transparency whatsoever. Go ahead, Casey. Diego Morales is getting himself a raise. Yes, are you ready for the other three? And by the way, we're going to have Daniel Elliott on this show. He's the state treasurer because it's this this the final one we're about to read for you is the state treasurer, state auditor, and the secretary of state. Mm-hmm. And uh, Daniel Elliott is the state treasurer. We're going to have him on the show once session's wrapped up. I'm going to ask him, are you taking this money? Because there's no way I can see him, what a good, decent person he is, agreeing to take this money. The na- uh, By the way, in case he's right, you remember Diego, Jim? You remember yes. Diego Morales? Yes. He's the guy who was fired from the Secretary of State's office, the paperwork shows, then somehow weaseled his way back into the office under a new Secretary of State, was about to be fired under that guy, and then he quit. And then he's got the work history that nobody kind of really knows what he does. And then he somehow managed to vote in a, a primary uh, a county different from where he was taking his his, uh, his homestead credit. And then you remember, he's the same guy who, after he got elected Secretary of State, gave his brother-in-law a six-figure salary. You remember Diego Morales, right? Absolutely. Okay. Under the new budget, Diego Morales' salary will now go from $94,501 to... A hundred and thirty-one thousand eight. 
$19.39 raise. <laughs> well, take the personalities out. There, uh, in 2025, there'll be, uh, in some of these offices, people will be running uh, for those that aren't those individuals. Take the personalities out, personalities out and and the idea of lack of transparency is the issue here. All right. Uh, do you have time to hang with us for another segment? Because I had totally intended to actually talk about how the taxpayers are getting screwed in this budget Absolutely. with a lack of property tax relief. <laughs> but I got so fired up about this. La- I mean, this is bull crap to do this at the last minute. If you want the raises, walk in through the front door at the beginning of session and say, I'm taking your money. Don't do it. at the- What a bunch of cowards. Absolutely. I think you're spot on. For once, Rob Kendall at Robin Kendall is on spot on. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about how you're getting screwed in the budget. Not only are they basically doing nothing for you on tax reform, they're well, they're raising some of your taxes. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that when we come back. Casey, take us to break. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. It's thankfully the last day of the Indiana General Assembly, which will hopefully limit the amount of damage these clowns can do to our pocketbooks. And, uh, well, back with us for a second segment. Uh, we didn't even get to the damage we're already going to get because we were talking about how they were lining their own pockets uh, the last segment. Yeah, and in case you missed the last segment, the governor will give himself a 48% raise, the lieutenant governor a 60% raise, the attorney general a 45% raise, and the state auditor, state treasurer, and secretary of state, your good friend Diego Morales, a 39% increase in, in salary. 2025. Yeah. In, oh, in, oh! Oh, okay, in 2025. And, of course, 2025 is when the General Assembly, the state House uh, members, will get the $1.5 million in raises. And Jim Merritt is with us. He spent 30 years in the Indiana Senate. And so, at the same time, because this is the last, likely, the last day of the General Assembly, uh, which means, what is the name for this, Jim? There's Sunny Die. Sunny Die. And you went through 30 of these. I did. Um, And in this budget, unless there is some last second uh, act of kindness and compassion from the Flanders boys, Rod uh, Rod Bray and Todd Houston, uh, we are going to, they are actually going to walk out of this session with no meaningful property tax relief whatsoever. Yeah. Casey, did we miss a meeting? Is there something that we don't know? Is you know we've had three or four months. Mm-hmm. Uh, WIBC with you and Rob have been talking about this for a year. Yep, they had a special session. Yeah. to kind of ferret out a. Hey, committee. we were told there was a plan. Yeah, Jim, yeah. the big tough guy There's from Seymour, the big tough guy from Seymour, Jim Lucas <laughs> was bad mouthing me for months. How do you know there is no plan? There's a plan. We're not going to just tell you the. It appears there was no plan. Well, maybe, just maybe, just like these increases that that didn't see the light of day. Oh, maybe that's can be included today. Oh, 
Oh, absolutely sure. Jim, can you imagine? So let's go back. You were there in 2008. Yes. You were at the precipice of the property tax reform uh, that uh, became tax caps. Now, you guys were very good at just shifting the tax burden somewhere else, but we'll save that conversation for another day. (laughs) Could you have imagined if I would have told you, Jim Merritt, 15 years from now, there will be another property tax issue and your Republican friends who used property tax reform to take super majorities in the House and Senate would just flip a middle finger to the taxpayers of the state and say good luck. Well, I think I think people have to go back to the uh, 2007 uh, mayoral campaign, municipal campaign in Annapolis, where Bart Peterson was upset by uh, Greg Ballard, and and that was a crisis. The legislature saw that. They saw all the um, the thousands of people that marched on the state house about property taxes, and it turned into a crisis. Uh, now, uh, for some reason, for the last year or so, the the legislature itself, the Indiana General Assembly, hasn't figured out that there's a crisis out there. And our friend Nikki Kelly at Indiana Capital Chronicle has done a great job, along with yourselves, of of really painting the picture that property taxes are going to go up 18%. Now, I don't know if I missed the meeting in, in, in the locals, the schools and the local officials who are, are going to get a windfall. Not that I've seen the numbers yet, but you can assume they're going to get a windfall. You know what the what what is the general assembly did they miss the meeting? <laughs> uh, Jim Merritt, our guest, we're talking about the last day of session. Uh, no property tax relief, but what it looks like we are going to get, Jim, is some uh, property tax or uh, tax increases. You're getting you already gotten the property you're getting tax. tax cuts and you're getting tax increases. Okay, so let's talk with the pretend tax cut where mm-hmm. they're going to take the income tax. And over like six years, you're going to get a 0.3 or 4 percent reduction. Caitlin Lang, who used to be with IndyStar, she's with the, another publication now, did the math on this. And Jim, if you make fifty thousand dollars a year, you will get, my friend, a whopping two hundred and seventy-five dollars over six years. I Woo! hope the I hope the Flanders boys <laughs> didn't strain a muscle with all that heavy lifting. Well, what you're seeing is the, for instance, the state of Tennessee, the state of Florida, among other uh, states in in the union. They don't have income taxes. Mm-hmm. And if you drive through Nashville, uh, there are times that you, you, you'd get the indication that Nashville's eating Indianapolis lunch by attracting young professionals and people there because of their low tax state or their lack of tax state. And and that's what the legislature doing. And, and you know, it's such a small percentage, and they're trying to stair, step down towards being a no-income tax state. What, what really it, it befuddles people uh, those that watch is the property taxes. People people react to that, and and uh, it, it's not exactly an economic development driver to to have high property taxes. But, but, but you know who does benefit, and this is a reoccurring theme in this state. Whether it's the governor using half a billion dollars of poor and middle class people's money to facilitate sweetheart deals for mega corps like Eli Lilly, the rich guy is going to benefit. The income tax are doing that because the rich guy makes more money and the rich guy is going to benefit off that. Well, yeah, it, but it, it also is an economic uh, development driver. It will bring people to the state. Uh, Lilly will have a lot better opportunity to uh, attract good quality uh, people, uh, educated people, uh, for uh, 
you know, low tax state. Well, that, but that's fine. But they needed, you know, they needed all sorts of my money to facilitate a sweetheart real estate deal to do it. I'm not. I don't work at Eli Lilly. This has been happening, as you know, for years upon years. There, there just is a. There's a need to widen the tax base. There, there's a, a widen the um, amount of people to to grow our state and and have good paying jobs. Are you ready for more disgusting behavior from the General Assembly in the budget, Jim Merritt? Are you ready? Every Thursday morning. All right. <laughs> All right. According to the Capital Chronicle, the budget eliminates the possibility of an automatic taxpayer refund beginning in 2025. They went out of their way, Jim, to ensure that no matter how much surplus they. Have, have, you don't get any of it. Not seeing the the bill itself and the language in the bill, uh, but on its face, Casey, that is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch Daniels is probably turning right now. It, that is something that we all worked on. Where you, if you have a, a, a certain amount of surplus. That should go back to the property. That should go back to the uh, the taxpayer in some way or not. And and uh, I don't know why they would eliminate that. That is something that gives confidence that if you have and, and the state is doing very well financially, and it, it, you should get that money back. Doing well financially. Well, that's an understatement. <laughs> well, the economy is growing, mm-hmm. and uh, there are a lot of people who think that a recession's on the way. Obviously, for the state of Indiana, is not. All right, one more. Before we let you go, are you ready for how your money is being abused under the new proposed budget? Are you ready? Yeah. Ready or not. This per Nikki Kelly at the Indiana Capital Chronicle. Quote, pretty sure they're extending the annual one penny increase of the gas tax oh. for three years based on inflation. <laughs> so that's about $90 million in increased taxes on Hoosiers. Jim Merritt, are you ready to permanently reject the Indiana Republican Party and come <laughs> over here with us and be happy forever? Robert, that should be voted on every year. And we have this discussion all the time. Uh, that ought to be voted on every year. And, and and yet, I believe that is a user fee. That is something that I believe in infrastructure. I believe in rehabilitation of the infrastructure and new roads. And so, I, I agree that that uh, we need to c- continue to have a, a better infrastructure in the state. And that is that is the key to uh, doing it. I somebody that like your dad. Your, yes. dad, your dad doesn't travel the roads that my parents don't. They should not pay more uh, for the roads and some other tax. I think it's a user fee. I think they ought to vote on it annually, not for the next three years. Yeah, well, Jim, you're a good sport, and uh, because you I'm are, right, you are always <laughs> you are always willing to come on here and defend your loser Republican friends. We will allow you to tell us about your fabulous podcast. You're well, on. it's Merit in the Morning, and I really enjoy. We're having the the uh, the uh, candidate for the city of Mar- Marion, Indiana, mayor today. He's a he's a Republican candidate, African American, thirty years old. Plenty of energy. Merit in the morning. Please catch us on YouTube or Facebook. Merit in the morning. He's a national treasure. He's Jim Merritt. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
Lindsay. What? Are those lawmakers here in Indiana, those Republicans, are they scumbags or are they scumbags? Hey, we opened the show saying that this it's going to be gross, and that's gross, right? I, I mean, and, and we were talking about this before we went on the air. When you first got here, you probably <laughs> thought to yourself, and you first met me, wow, this guy's really over the top and a little just kind of out of sorts mm. when it comes to feeling the way he does about the government. Passion would be the word that I would use. You've been here Passionate. for a year now. Mm-hmm. Do you now understand it? I do. When I see property taxes go up, the gasoline tax go up, but yet their salary goes up and there's surplus of money sitting there and they just magically came across a 1.5 billion extra dollars and they give it to themselves. I mean, it is the equivalent, and this is maybe a little too graphic for some people, but it's how I feel. If you saw someone you knew on the street and they were in need, not only it is one thing to not help them, but it is another thing to pee all over them. (laughs) And in Indiana, what our lawmakers are doing, because what the things they do affect the people they know in their communities. And when you give yourselves raises, like the governor's getting whatever it is, a $60,000 plus raise, Uh, Diego Morales is getting whatever it is, a $40,000 raise, Todd Rokita getting a huge raise. When, When you are giving yourselves and your cronies raises and you are looking at people who are laying on the street in pain going, please help us. Like, we don't want anything extra or special. We just want the property taxes to be somewhat reasonable so we can afford to live in our homes. We don't want anything extra. We just don't want one of the highest gas taxes in the nation. When you keep raising those taxes on people while lining your own pockets, Mm -hmm. you are going to the bathroom on your neighbor in the street laughing at them. Yep. In in, in case you missed it, one of the segments we had earlier today from the uh, Indiana Capitol Chronicle reporting that the new budget coming out and let's see the governor giving himself an increase of 48 percent in salary from one hundred and thirty three thousand to one hundred and ninety eight thousand. That's what is that? Six, uh, public school math here. That's a $65,000 raise. The lieutenant governor getting a 60% raise, going from $108,000 to $174,000. The attorney general is getting an increase of 45%. And then the state auditor, the state treasurer, and also the secretary of state getting a 39% raise, going from $94,000 to $131,000. Yet your property taxes are going up. And the gas tax just keeps going up another cent for the next three years. And they eliminated the automatic taxpayer refund. And the one tax they did cut helps their rich donor buddies because it's based on how much money you make, which is income tax. So the regular folk are going to see almost no benefit. The top folk will see a big benefit. And, you know, there's only like one or two people I can think in the scumbag race that is has edged ahead of the Indiana General Assembly, the Republicans over there, and it is the Biden family. Mm. And apparently, Hunter Biden's lawyers met with the DOJ yesterday. Yeah, they were there discussing this long-running criminal investigation into Hunter Biden, so prosecutors are still weighing whether to bring two misdemeanor charges uh, against him, one failure to file taxes and one count of felony tax evasion related to the over-reporting of expenses, and also the false statement charge regarding a gun purchase. 
So we're just going to keep investigating this guy forever and ever and ever and ever. They've been at this since 2018. Mm -hmm. And it's clear as day. He's, I mean, the stuff on the laptop is clear as day. He was a very serious drug user. And There's on the pictures, I mean, it's, it's how long does that investigation take? It, honestly, it, it is uh, it is unbelievable that the laptop. I mean, the, 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 there's no dispute now whose laptop that was. There never was any dispute. But even the people who disputed it now don't dispute it. It's him. He clearly has a serious drug problem. He said on the form he did not use drugs. He lied. The Democrats are the anti no one, the anti gun. No one should ever get a gun party. So that seems pretty clear to me. He lied on the form, mm-hmm. and yet. There's nothing. And even CNN, I mean, this is so ridiculous that even CNN's Paula Reed was talking about how the the Department of Justice has totally slow walked this Hunter Biden stuff. Well, it's interesting how little has changed since our colleague Evan Perez reported last summer the prosecutors had really narrowed down the charges to potentially uh, some tax charges and possibly one false statement charge related to the purchase of a gun and not disclosing his addiction. But then nothing happened for nearly a year. And at this point, it's unclear whether they got any disposition on the case. I was told by sources not to expect one, but we're still reporting out exactly what happened when these two sides met. And of course, at this point, the Justice Department is not commenting. No comment. Because they're going to continue just to investigate forever and ever and ever. You know who is commenting, though, is uh, Joe Biden. So he was asked yesterday, he had some, oh, he was with somebody, the South Korean president, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. And he was asked about his declaration that he's running for re-election. And he said the thing that I mean, it's interesting. Biden says things out loud that you know they've told him don't say this out loud. Or they've said it to him and a normal person will realize, I'm not supposed to say that out loud. But he just because he's totally lost his mind, says it out loud. He admits he's been told he can't say how old he is. With regard to age, uh, I can't even say, I guess how old I am. I can't even say the number. It doesn't, it doesn't register with me. And, uh, but the only thing I can say is that um, one of the things that people are going to find out, they're going to see a race. And they're going to judge whether or not I have it or don't have it. I respect them taking a hard look at it. I take a hard look at it as well. I took a hard look at it before I decided to run. And, uh, and I feel good. I feel excited about the prospects. And I think we're on the verge of really turning the corner in a way we haven't in a long time. If you've been president for two and a half years and you haven't turned the corner... <laughs> When are you going to do it? You know, like you get a six-month grace period where, mm-hmm. hey, you got six months to kind of get your policies in there and let's see what happens. But after two and a half years, that's a pretty big corner if you haven't turned it by now. Yeah. And the polls are consistently reflecting concern about his age, even among Democrats, his own party. Wondering, you know, really, should you be running for re-election? Should you? 70% of people saying they don't want to see him run, and that's not Republicans. That's 70% of Americans, Democrats alike, concerned about this. And isn't it interesting that the likely outcome is going to be two candidates the American people have seen before and overwhelmingly do not want? Yeah. Exhaustion was the number one word they used. Yeah. It's probably going to be Trump and Biden. Yikes. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning.